You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. On this latest blast from the past, we hook up with our friend from the future, 17 Hours in the Future, Ben Wyatt from the Asia Mania Podcast guest stars as we talk about no retreat, no surrender, as well as uh, some fighting history, ours, also some JCVD facts, and some initial thoughts on Horizon Zero Dawn, all right here and coming up right now on 80s Revisited. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. All right, welcome back to a brand spanking new episode of 80s Revisited, the first episode of our damn good month. Van Dam Month. I'm your host, Trey Harris. With me, as always, my producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And from the future, 17 hours in our future. Time cop. A very special <laughs> guest. <laughs> good one. <laughs> Often mentioned on the podcast, our good friend, Ben Wyatt from the Asia Mania podcast. Ben, how are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. How are you guys? Not too bad. Can't complain. You know, in the past. I'm glad to know <laughs> yeah. that there is that we still have 17 hours of life left should something happen. You've done the math. Good work. Well, thankfully, my phone does that. It says plus 17 hours when I look at it. Oh. So I always know. <laughs> Just in case. But yeah, uh, and reason Ben's on the podcast is, in addition to doing the Asia Mania podcast, uh, this is one of your favorite films, is it not, Ben? No retreats, no surrender. I've loved it since I was a kid. I had a lot of years away from it. And it's like, what was that movie? And then waiting the no internet days and mm-hmm. then it's like uh oh, van damme was a bad guy and there was a ghost of bruce lee or something <laughs> and there was a guy called jason and he had like a red outfit at the end and i ended up like tracking it down years ago once the once the internet was out and the movie is on youtube if people haven't seen it and want to find it that way and yeah i'll pretty much now watch it anytime i'm sick hungover depressed oh boy yeah well, any I- of those three <laughs> It was funny because I saw on your page, you're like when you or you posted like I do, like that you were watching it. I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah, he's gonna be fresh on it, which actually spurred me to rewatch it again, just so I could at least be sharp on it, you know, to keep up with you. But uh, I think I guess it was your sister or sister in law was saying uh, like, are ex. you alright? Oh, okay, sorry. My ex wife. She <laughs> hasn't changed the name yet. She's like, what's going on? It's like you're meant to be taking the kids to school. Are you hungover? And then my my girlfriend actually messaged me as well saying, I see that you're watching No Truth, No Surrender. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm just doing it for the podcast tomorrow. That was cracking up. It was so funny. <laughs> that people know you so well that if you're watching they this do. movie, it's an immediate welfare check. <laughs> it's so great. But uh, let's get into the seventh time I've watched it in the last two and a half years, by the way. Because wow. I always check in on IMDb, so I went back and checked. So seven oh, wow. times in two and a half years. It's been a rough two years. That's huh? Two and a half times more <laughs> than I've ever seen it. So, <laughs> But I'm glad you were able to, to watch it. <laughs> For us, for the podcast. But uh, No Retreat, No Surrender, released May 2nd, 1986. IMDb gives it a 5.6. Rotten Tomatoes critics had nothing to say about it. It doesn't have a tomato meter score. However, 53% audience. Uh, Couldn't find any information on the budget. However, it opened for $739,723. It domestically went on to gross 4.6. And worldwide, the only number I could find is pretty much here in the United States and Germany. And a combined total of $5.7 million. Uh, directed by Corey Yin. He also did Above the Law with Seagal. Uh, he also did No Retreat, No Surrender 2, uh, The Legend 1 and 2, The Defender, and also The Transporter, the original, uh, and uh, DOA. So, 
He does have some mistaken Trey. I messaged you on Facebook saying that he directed Snake and Eagle Shadow, the Jackie Chan movie, but he was actually one of those martial arts uncredited directors on it. And there's a training montage on that. I'm not sure if you watched it. Yeah, where Jackie Chan is doing the the hip thruster, very homoerotic maneuver yeah. to another man. Extremely, extremely. It was when I saw that for the first time, I was like, oh my god, this is a no retreat, no surrender. And then, yeah, then it was involved somewhat, but yeah, not the same director. But it's funny because when you sent me that clip, I didn't catch that because again, I've, I've only seen no, I saw no retreat, no surrender like years ago. Then I watched it again when I was watched had my Van Damme day, and gave me the idea to do the. I'll do his 80s movies on the podcast. And then once I watched it, when I was laying in bed watching it last night, I was like, no wonder he sent it to me because it's the exact same thing, except it was a little less homoerotic when Jackie Chan did it because he didn't have a, <laughs> a kid eating an ice cream cone sitting on his lap doing it. But, uh, uh, Jesse, do you know the scene we're talking about at all? No, I'm not going to participate much in that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show him. I'll make sure he sees. He will, I will not leave without him laying eyes on that. But uh, let's see, it was written by Keith Strandberg, at least the screenplay was. He also did No Retreat, No Surrender 2 and 3, which I haven't seen. I didn't even know oh, there were sequels. How, so how are the sequels? <laughs> oh, sequel in name only. Gotcha. None of the same actors carry over, but 2 and 3 have the same lead actor, but he plays different characters. <laughs> uh, his name's Lauren or Lauren Avedon. Don't sure how to pronounce his first name. Mm-hmm. And so he's been in some other martial arts stuff, as far as I can tell. I oh, see Cynthia Rothrock was in it too. Yeah, and he is terrible acting in that in number two. <laughs> he improves drastically for number three, but it, then the, like the new um, co-star in number three, who was a martial arts guy, not an actor himself, he was absolutely terrible. But it's they're fun to watch. The second movie is more of a big shoot 'em up, lots of explosions, that sort of rubbish. Wow. Far cry from the fighting. first one. <laughs> so. If it was meant to have Van Damme and Kurt McKenney in it, I can't, I can't imagine them doing like M16s and all that AK-47s. I, I just can't see that happening. Are they the same? They're not the same characters, I would assume, huh? Like you said, it's just a name only. They just took the sequel name to throw some story well, maybe to it. They, maybe they did that because they couldn't get them over. I don't mm. know. Gotcha. But uh, speaking of the cast, uh, Kurt McKenney is Jason Stilwell. Uh, he did a couple episodes of ALF, Highway to Heaven, which is a running joke on the podcast from an older episode. That uh, actually didn't record correctly, but uh, he All also right. uh, so was on, on board about with that. Twelve years, uh, twelve years worth of Guiding Light. So he went uh, from you know a, an action film to straight to TV, pretty much for the rest of his career, for the most part, at least. Mm. Uh, as far as I know, that show never aired in Australia. I was looking into the, what he's done. Mm-hmm. He's like working as as of like 2010 or 2009. He'd still been doing things, but this is the only thing I've seen him in. Yeah. Pretty much same here. Uh, J.W. Fails, <laughs> an appropriate last name. Uh, he's R.J. He was also in uh, For Keeps. Uh, also, uh, strangely enough, also in an episode of Highway to Heaven, uh, an episode of 21 Jump Street, episode of Growing Pains. Always as like, you know, person number three or, you know, random person that never appears again for the episode. Right. Highway to Heaven, he was Doodles. So, <laughs> strangely Everybody remembers Doodles. That's my favorite episode. <laughs> doodles the Clown. And then uh, let's see, uh, Kent Lipham was Scott. He was also in Bikini Summer. Uh, and a first for the, uh, our podcast, at least, Kathy Salino was Kelly, and she literally did nothing else. Not a commercial, not a TV show, not a PSA. This is the only thing she ever did, according to IMDb. Unless she changed yeah. her name. She wasn't too bad either. She was passable, I suppose, for this kind of film. Yeah. And then, uh, hopefully I pronounced his name right, Taijong Kim was a Sensei Lee, which is odd because Bruce Lee's Chinese. 
yes, I, I yeah, <laughs> so stupid. This isn't a Japanese thing. What are they calling him sensei for? Yeah, exactly. And see, the first time I watched it, I didn't, I didn't wasn't even paying attention. Uh, let me say, let me rephrase that. When I watched it a few months ago, I didn't even catch that. Didn't even think about. It. But then when I was watching it, like really paying attention last night. I was like, we just call him sensei. What's going on here? But uh. <laughs> Uh, Kim was also a, he was actually a Bruce Lee double for Game of Death, which of course is the film that Bruce Lee was working on when he died, and it's absolutely hilarious for the first, I guess, two thirds of it, how they're trying to like work in the fact that Bruce Lee is not alive until you actually get to the end. He's a cardboard cutout and all sorts of stuff. Oh, oh yeah, crazy wow. things. Like I think I showed you that Jesse, where like, it's literally a cardboard cutout head of Bruce Lee stuck to a window, and then like the guy just standing behind it for oh, a shot. Boy. Oh. I still haven't seen it, but I've got to. It's so bad. But however, there's the, even a game of death too. I don't know how they manage that. Yeah, in fact, this guy's in it too, which is and which is funny because uh, are you on him? Oh yeah, you're on it. Uh, that was an '81 game of death too, and uh, but this guy he uh, this was actually his last film, but he he died, but he didn't die until 2011. So this film was his like last last film, and then he went on to other endeavors. Mm. Which is strange because usually if it's their last film and you're an actor with this many credits like this guy has, it's usually because you die. He became a real sensei. <laughs> Should be a, I guess, a, is it, a, would it be a Sifu bin in Chinese culture, in Chinese martial arts? I, uh, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> it's just not sensei. I, I, know, I know that. It's That's on the Japanese. Chinese side, it's Japanese. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. I know, I know I'm a Japanese. But uh, yeah, but uh, if you haven't seen Game of Death, like it just. When it gets to the end where it is Bruce Lee's action scene, basically the plot of the NES karate game, uh, what was that, Kung Fu, where you're going up the tower fighting different people, that's basically the end of the Game of Death. And, of course, he's in the uh, yellow and black striped jumpsuit, which Kill Bill pays homage to with the bride. Uh, it's definitely worth seeing. I mean, it's, it's no big boss or uh, Chinese connection, but, you know, and, of course, he appears in it, Bruce Lee appears in it as a dead body because they filmed his funeral and worked that into the story. Which is really weird. <laughs> really weird. But, of course, if you're a Bruce Lee fan, it's worth watching. Uh, and, of course, the man of the hour, the man of the month here at 80s Revisit is Jean-Claude Van Damme as Ivan. Of course, Hard Target, Bloodsport, Street Fighter, Time Cop. Many, many films, many of which we'll talk about in the coming weeks here on the podcast. Uh, this was his first major role. He did have some little bit parts and some things, but this was his first big role in a movie. Wait, hold on. What, what, you what was his first one? Gay Man in... Uh... That's... That's what I'm looking at that Jesse has up here. (laughs) Right before this one in 84, yeah, Monaco Forever, gay karate man as Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's dancing in that uh, electric boogaloo, whatever it is. Yeah, breaking. uh, What was it? Go down, Jesse? Breaking. They put him on the cover for that. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that's the cover after he rose to fame. I don't think they put gay karate man on the cover for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Although I definitely want to see that now just to see what the deal is. But yeah, back to the movie itself. Uh, the first time I saw this, Ben, is I heard about it because I heard like, oh, I don't. If I did see it when it, you know, anywhere when I was younger, like as in in the eighties, I should say, I don't remember it at all. It was many years later. Where I just heard. I guess it was probably around mid nineties, maybe, uh, maybe early nineties, somewhere around there. We're like, oh yeah, Van, if you like Van Damme, you need to see No Retreat, No Surrender. He's a bad guy in it. It's awesome. And of course, back then you had to find a VHS. No internet, like you mentioned earlier. So eventually, I believe I found it on a store. I actually had an uh, old VHS of it or something or other. And that was like the very first time I watched it. And it was like, first time I watched it, I was like, yeah, okay. You know. Uh, and then uh, I always remembered it after watching it, but never really paid attention to it, so to speak, or gave it a good chance until I was watching it recently, thinking about doing it for the podcast. Because, oh, yeah, Van Damme, he's big in the, you know, he was big in the late 80s, early 90s, and 
definitely need to work him into the podcast. So and I was looking like, wow, he did. I remember seeing that. I remember seeing this. So that's how it really kind of came back into my life. Uh, you know, so I don't have like a, a very nostalgic connection to it. I just have to where, yeah, I've seen it, you know, that kind of thing. But like, as you said, I mean, you know, this is, this is for you. This is almost like you're, this is, this is to you what Big Trouble in Little China is to me. <laughs> Not, <laughs> okay, to, I, I need to show you a bit more respect for it then. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. But, but uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, what, what, what's so, what, what about it is just so, you know, what about it is, makes it so memorable to you? Is it just because, you know, from the nostalgia factor or just everything about it, you know, or? It just takes me back to being a kid, I think. Mm-hmm. I remember the very first thing I ever saw about it was there was a VHS my friend had, and it was called The Best of Martial Arts. Have you heard of that? Never. It's uh, narrated by John Saxon. Oh, that's cool. Because he was in um, Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking it up. It's an hour and a half, and it's him narrating and introducing clips. And it's just fight scenes from all different movies. It's got all Jackie Chan stuff, heaps and heaps and heaps of things. Oh, wow. And it had the like two or three-minute fight scene from... No Retreat, No Surrender, where it starts with him doing like the double drop kick to that dude and kicks him out of the ring. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's the there most bad. Sorry to interrupt you, Ben. He's, <laughs> you got the movie up here and it just got to the workout scene, so I had to make sure that Jesse paid attention. <laughs> I have seen that. Where have I seen that? <laughs> this Probably movie. On Facebook or something. <laughs> Could have been a gift, yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt, yeah, but uh, <laughs> life-changing. I don't remember where I've seen that. <laughs> maybe you have repressed yes, memories of watching this as a kid. She's blocked it out because yeah. <laughs> of that scene. <laughs> My uncle comes to mind. Oh, 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 oh. But anyway, go ahead, Ben. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just had to throw that in there as he was watching it. No, that's fine. Uh, the double drop kick that Van Damme does, I thought, oh, I'd never seen somebody do that before. That's cool. You know, in wrestling, people do it all the time now. And yeah. uh, my friend had a trampoline and boxing gloves, so we went out after watching that. We went out on the on his big trampoline, big round one, and we were like just boxing on there and reenacting No Retreat, No Surrender, that clip we saw, and mm-hmm. trying to get each other with the double drop kick, knocking <laughs> each other off the trampoline. Yeah. And then it was that, that same friend. I haven't seen him for like 15, 20 years or something now, but I ended up watching Hard Target with him as well. That was awesome. the very first time I saw Hard Target. So That's vivid funny. memories of movies I watched around there. That's just awesome that y'all, your life, your, you, you and his life revolves around Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I think that's awesome. But yeah, I, I, de- I don't know if he's even alive anymore, mind you. So, you know. <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll we'll believe that he is. We'll make we'll keep the faith. But uh, I, the one thing I I can I know for sure that had I seen this movie as a kid, I would love it so much more because simply that storyline. Uh, same same thing. Like you know, we'd watch wrestling. We'd go out to the trampoline and we'd start doing missile drop kicks and every possible thing we could try to do. Which is, uh, I think, Jesse, we had this discussion. I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not. How, like, because I guess because that's what we watched as kids and we pretended to do it as kids, we kind of learned how to do it without hurting people. Whereas, uh, like, then that the night I watched all four of these Van Damme movies for this month all in one night. Autumn was just like it was supposed to be a Nicolas and then Cage you night. You the crap out of Autumn that night, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, then you know I was I was messing with it, you know, with controlled force, you know, not doing anything inappropriate, just you know, wah, you know, just mim- mimicking it. But then she tried to do something and nearly about broke my foot, mm. you know. So it's like when people who don't grow up doing this, particularly wives who try to keep <laughs> up with their husbands, in my experience at least, that's when, pe- that's, you know, I don't, she doesn't have a mark on her. Right. I'll missile, I'm a power bomber, do whatever. And then, like, she'll try to just, you know, 
lightly slap me and ends up giving me a black eye because she doesn't know how to do it. You could reenact that training sequence with her. <laughs> oh, hey, hey. hey look, yeah. <laughs> That's how many of the Van Damme movies you watched with her did uh, Van Damme get his ass out in? Uh, I, I believe every one but this one. Because <laughs> I, 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 I have the split count for all of them, and I'm pretty sure the ass came out in all of them. Uh, so have you I, announced which four movies, which of the other three movies are you doing on the show? Uh, well, they're on the uh, little graphic I put up, but I mean, it's no secret. I mean, uh, of course, start doing them pretty much in order. This Bloodsport, uh, I think Cyborg's next, and then Kickboxer. I think that's okay. the right. I've order. never seen Cyborg. It's 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 there. <laughs> this is Angelina Jolie in the second one. Uh, yeah, act strangely enough, her and Jack Palance of all people. <laughs> Okay. And I, I remember seeing it, but I don't remember anything about it. And I don't think it's connected to the first one at all, except maybe like the same universe, maybe. But uh, anyway, with this film, you know, it's just, I mean, I totally see how you have that connection to it. Because it also, it reminds, this film's almost like, it's in that same almost sub-genre, like the Karate Kid. And even, you know, into the 90s sidekicks with Chuck Norris, how like, you have that kid who like wants to know karate, like we all did, or any kind of martial art. You know, when you're growing up, you want to be that kind of badass. And then somehow, either through the ghost of Bruce Lee, or a Mr. Miyagi, or Chuck Norris randomly appears to you going into an event to be your partner. You know, you you make that connection with like the amazing talent or whatever you want to call it that uh, makes you better and makes you awesome and teaches you everything. You know, so I definitely see how this film is that for you, and I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, it's pretty safe to say, like I said, that had I seen it at a much younger age, uh, it would have been that same quality uh, experience, so to speak, for me, because it, it hits all those right notes, and that's why I like it because it it, it does that. I think it's very ridiculous. Like it, the first oh, time yeah. we see Scott, the fat guy. He's chowing down on a big chocolate cake, just standing in the street, leaning up his car, leaning up against the car, thinking. What an intro. <laughs> it's like, that RJ. He just, he, he, just, he just hates RJ for some reason. Well, I did read there is a deleted scene where like RJ trips him in the cafeteria or something or other. I've never oh, seen this on DVD or anything. I don't know if there's any like special features on any releases or deleted scenes or anything, but I did hear that that's like a deleted scene that kind of sets up that rivalry because honestly, without it, he just comes off as a racist. Because he has no problem yeah, I'm not sure with what the else. underlying motive was. I thought maybe they used to be best friends or something, but then then RJ might have just <laughs> stole stood up his... the friendship, and he was yeah just hated him over it. But it's like <laughs> way too harsh on him. Like for uh, no reason. There was a Blu-ray, a new, a brand new Blu-ray, a Blu-ray release came out just last week. Mm-hmm. Did you manage to pick and it I'm up? Not, or? Uh, I'm not sure if it's only like an American region. Ah, gotcha. I'll have to have to look into it. But it has um, two different, like there's the US and the international cut. So I'm not sure which one I've seen, but one has an extra two or three minutes. There's like a 17-minute interview with Kurt McKinney. Wow. And uh, a commentary by the writer, which I'd like to see. Definitely. I wouldn't buy it, but I would love to like, that's the one bad thing. Like that's almost the reason, the only reason I get any kind of physical release these days is because of simply the special features for the most part. I want to hear a comment. I want to hear stuff about a movie, et cetera, et cetera, because you don't you don't get it on Netflix or, you know, unless somebody pirates it and puts it on YouTube, at least like special feature wise or, <clears throat> excuse me, commentaries, because that's to me it's like always worth buying a, a Bruce Campbell movie because he typically does an audio commentary on it and that's always quality. Oh yeah, always. And uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, any of their films are great. 
and I've mentioned it before, but uh, any Kurt Russell one with him and John Carpenter. You know, oh, get... They just talk about ice hockey for half an hour, don't they? Yeah. Isn't that what they do in the um, Big Trouble one? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> all theirs are good. Just get a six-pack and just listen. You know, it's like you're hanging out with them. That's what I love. Don't ever get an Arnold Schwarzenegger commentary, though, because all he does is narrate the movie as you're watching it. Yeah, I was seeing clips of that on YouTube. It's hilarious. It's, goes, oh, this is where I shot the guy. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. It's worth listening to, but it's like, you know, you want to hear something more than that. Something with substance. Yeah I, think it's, yeah. I think it's the Total Recall one where it's just over the top, all the crap he says in it. Yeah, well, it's funny because I think yeah. that one also has Verhoeven talk too. And when he comes on, he's like talking like, yes, we did this scene because of this. And I, it, you know, he's telling you why he's doing it. But then like, ah, yes, this is the part where I shoot and kill this guy. Watch this. And when Arnold comes on, it's just... It's funny. It's entertaining, you know, but it's not like, you know, I like commentaries that are like, give that behind the scenes, give you a real feel of what they're doing. Are you still there? going off a bit of a tangent now, but have you seen the, or listened to the commentary for Dodgeball? Uh, no, never have. Well, it gets, it's like 20 or 30 minutes in, because this is when I was like, any DVD that had audio commentary had to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And Ben Stiller, I think it's Ben Stiller. And the direct, no, Vince Vaughn, I can't remember who it is, a combination of one of the lead actors and the film director. And then they get in an argument and then um, they storm off. And then it's got the people in the audio booth or the production people like, ah, oh, what are we going to do now? And then they just switch it over to there's something about Mary audio commentary. <laughs> but But from the very beginning of there's something about Mary starts at like half an hour into Dodgeball. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, <laughs> I've never experienced anything else like that. It's <laughs> just a random one-off that not a lot of people probably know about. Yeah, I had no clue about it. That's hilarious. The one, I, the one I like to rec- uh, remember too is uh, for Tropic Thunder. They have one where Robert Downey Jr. does it as his character from the movie, <laughs> which is hilarious. And that that film has like three or Bubba four Hotep commentaries as well. Oh yeah, that's right. There's, Hotep, there's one where Bruce Campbell does it as Bruce Campbell with the director, I think, and then yeah, one and where then he does one. it as Elvis. Exactly right. Love commentaries. It's becoming a lost art, though, it seems, because most, like, the recent releases I've gotten, at least, they're not commentary. There's commentary less, I should say, which is what unfortunate. What if Van Damme's ever done a commentary? I don't know. It'd be worth looking up. Hmm. Jesse's maybe on for right JCPD, if anything. <laughs> yeah, true. Or maybe some of his recent stuff, since he's really trying, I don't mean it's a negative way, hard to kind of get back. Uh, cause I don't know if you like him on Facebook. Have Johnson yet? Not yet. I heard uh, y'all talk about it on uh, one episode of Asia Mainers, like, and I added it, like, uh, have it downloaded. I haven't watched it yet. Put it to you that way. Uh, yeah, I really hope they do more. Because I really want to say, after, I, I remember hearing about it, but then after hearing you and I uh, forget which guy was talking about it. Right. And I hate not to sound racist to Tasmania or Australians, but they both sound so similar to me. I can never tell them apart. Oh, they're brothers as well. <laughs> I, I, and I didn't know that until just a couple episodes ago, and that it kind of explained it to me. <laughs> it made me realize, like, okay, that explains why they're so similar. Uh, and everything, but great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. Like I said, I just got to get time to do it. In fact, hopefully. So Jason gets in a lot of fights in this movie, in Back to No Retreat, No Surrender. Yeah. Have you guys ever been in any fights in real life? Uh, yeah, at never. school or anything? Never <laughs> at school. I've been, they were both in the back, in like backyard kind of brawl type things. And I say brawl in the loosest sense. There was one, like the big, like the one that like I had witnesses to, or so to speak, was just a. A friend of mine, actually my friend who owns the, or works at the movie theater, I'll talk about a lot, Larry, uh, he had some of his friends from his baseball team just ride the bus home with him, and for some reason the dude was just, like, nagging at me. Like, I didn't even say anything to the dude. You know, and then we're hanging out in my other friend's backyard, just, you know, 
like you do when you're a high schooler because you don't have a car, you're just hanging out. And they just come over and he starts like talking all this mad shit to me, just like, yeah, you ain't gonna do nothing. Like he wanted me to fight him for some reason. And again, I have no clue. Well, then he like, yeah, that's what I, he, he literally goes, yeah, that's what I thought because I wouldn't fight him. And then he slaps me in the face and then I just stood up and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, excellent. And I'm not saying that to be like, I'm not a, I'm not a fighter. Like, it's just like that, like once he hit me, it was just like, and I mean, it wasn't even, it was like a baby slap. Right. But I don't know. The the, the switch flipped and I just stood up <laughs> and beat the shit out of him. And I say, Did you it, drop it, him completely? Uh, he went down, but I mean, like, you know, then he, he stayed down for a second and got, I mean, I hit him like three times. Mm. Bop, bop, bop. And then right. he was down. I mean, this is high school. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I wish I could like embellish it more to make it sound like, and then like I blocked this spin kick, uppercutted him, you know, nothing, just straight up, just pop, pop, pop. And that was pretty much it. And then uh, I had, in the same area, we had two bro- uh, neighbors, they were these two brothers, and one was uh, what I'd like to call a little touched. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, and then I had a Nine Inch Nails hat. It was just a, it was just a hat. It had, it had the logo, N-I-N, with the one N backwards. My right. favorite hat ever. I love that hat. <laughs> well, then, he, Jimmy is his name, and anybody who knows me knows exactly who I'm talking about now. Uh, but then, like, he was, he'd always mess with us. Like, it was never anything, you know, we always took it with a grain of salt because he wasn't all there. But then he's like, he had my hat, and he's like, I'm going to rip your hat. I'm like, Jimmy, if you rip that hat, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. And he ripped the brim off of it right there. So I stand up and I just start wailing on him and, and like he does he just he's, he's always like the juggernaut he's just like ugh, ugh, he's just taking it. Well then his, <laughs> he I'm the juggernaut bitch. <laughs> well, here, here's the comical oh, Homer, part. Homer Simpson fighting. And this was actually my friend Larry's brothers were in the yard and they witnessed this. I didn't even know this happened, but he's like, dude, you, you, uh, his brother J- uh, Jody came to like break it up, you know, pretty much, and he's like, you know, trying to pull me off of Jimmy because Jimmy's not really fighting back. I guess he was dazed, but then. They told me this. He said, when I reared back to hit Jimmy, my elbow hit Jody in the face, and then I punched Jimmy in the face. So I had like a little two-hit combo, which I didn't have any clue about until afterwards. Like, dude, that was so awesome. You hit him in the face going back? I'm like, I, I don't know what I did. I just He just ripped my hat, and I went home and like pouted about it. <laughs> I was upset <laughs> about the hat. What kind of material was this hat? What's that? What kind of cheap-ass material was this hat made out of? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You, well, I mean, you know, Jason Voorhees is a little touched, and he's super strong, so... <laughs> Oh, I suppose, <laughs> but I mean, it was it, you know, I mean, this was back in the day where like I worked minimum wage at a grocery store here called Win Dixie, so like buying a twenty dollar hat from a music store was a big deal to me, <laughs> and like I wore the hat everywhere, and he just ripped it to shreds right in front of me, and same thing. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, like I wouldn't even call only that first fight. I would say was like an actual fight. You know, I've never been in a. I'd love to be in a barroom brawl one day. You know, throw a guy through a window like in Hard Target or something, but. Nah, Slide them happen. down the bar. Yeah, <laughs> and every bottle in the way. Just Through the like, saloon doors as well. Exactly. You know, one day. It's on my bucket list. But uh, yeah. what, you know. what about you, Jesse? Any punch-ups? Uh, very few. Mostly emotional punch-ups. <laughs> the <laughs> worst kind. <laughs> what about you, Ben? I know, uh, I mean, you play, you know, you play a rough sport to begin with anyway, but uh, one that's prone to yeah. fights. Yeah, I play Australian rules football. And over the years, I've definitely gotten some punch-ups where some people like putting their elbows up high, hitting me in the face and stuff. So I tackle them down and just, just laying into each other. Once my brother, my little brother, he was like 15 at the time, and this is in the age limit was 19. And he played; it was his first game with us. And then he got tackled and thrown into the mud. It was all fair and all, but it's mm-hmm. like nobody hit my little brother except for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I just ran straight at the guy. 
the ball came to me. The ball was in my hands, and I throw it at the ground <laughs> and then just tackle the guy. It was just an all-in brawl. But gotcha. uh, apart apart from football, I got in a few punch ups once, not in a bar or anything, but at the pizza shop across from the bar. There was a guy stirring us up, so I stood up and shoved the table into him, and then. I had the absolute shit belted out of me. I don't know if I got oh, in many hits at all, but my teeth got all fucked up. Oh, jeez. But uh, they're actually better now than they were before. <laughs> and, uh, got all the dentist things all paid for, so it was yeah. good. There you go. But uh, there, there was a lot of blood and bruises and jeez. had a week or so off. Yeah. Wow. I'm better looking for it now, though, so it's all hey, good. Hey, there you go. It worked out in the end. Yeah. There you and, go. Uh, I think there was one or two other ones, but nothing as memorable as that. Mm-hmm. So, I know yeah. better now not to to try to take these thugs down a peg because they were just like these bully people, like twenty year olds or whatever, just like waltzing in the pizza place, just mouthing off to everyone. I'm thinking, fuck these guys, I'm going to stand up to them. And then I had the shit pelted out of me, so That's I'm crazy. a bit bit more laid back now. I want to take that into advice next time before next before I get into my fictional barroom brawl. I want to just stop and think of Ben, like eh, it didn't work out. <laughs> no. But uh, yeah. So, regardless, you know that one notwithstanding, it sounds like to me we're a bunch of badasses. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. You know so. <laughs> but anyway, with the warriors. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, like it's funny you mention it because every time Jason's just walking around and he always comes across, he's like Batman. He's always around. He just appears when any of his friends get in trouble to like sort it out, <laughs> like real quick. And they always have when that. He saves his dad. That's like one of my favorite scenes when he's just finished his training i think that's just as bruce lee's left and then he goes to pick up his dad and his dad's been going off at him all through the film which he just happens to get his shirt ripped and in these fights sticking up the rj <laughs> and then he saves his dad and his dad's like i was so wrong before <laughs> exactly. they have their arms around each other and it's loving family and they then they go off to see the the big martial arts fight and then Jason just decides to insert himself in there <laughs> exactly interference interference from outside the ring <laughs> But I guess the huge wrench, I think you'd call it a monkey wrench in America. It's called a spanner here, that giant thing that he grabs out Yeah. to beat, to beat up Jason and his dad after the little barroom skiffuffle. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've got a, one scene I hate, and I skip it every time. It's the disco dance thing. <laughs> Jesse and literally has that up right thing. now. <laughs> yeah. It's I the, fast forward it every time. It's It's so it's, lame. It's so bad. It's Some like talented the dancing. Fiction. It's the one bad thing I hate. <laughs> it's just so they can reconcile, which is so ridiculous because he, he shows up to her birthday party and he gives her a rabbit. Which, okay, he gives her the rabbit, but he doesn't give her a cage, food, yeah, nothing. He, was- he just brings a box and it's sealed. It's a sealed box. Like, ra- there's no dinner. holes punched in it. He's like, here Good you go. She doesn't start shaking it. Exactly. It's like, what is it? She's like, oh, I love him. And then, like, that's it. Like, I got you a rabbit. I can get you anything else. Use your birthday money to go get everything else you need to take care of this rabbit. But uh, also, speaking of the dad, he's the worst actor in this whole movie, I think. And the He's thi- thinking acting at the start. Yeah. Well, after he had his leg broken by Van Damme, and then he's in the hospital, wherever, and he's laid up, he's got the cast on, he's like, hands clasped behind his head, and he's leaning back, and he's like, that was Ivan the Russian. Oh, and he's, it's just his thinking acting and his facial expressions is ridiculous. Well, the thing that bugs me the most about him is that he, he always uses his hands. Like, whatever he says, yes. he's doing his hand, and it just drove me crazy. It's just like, stop using your hands. But uh, that being said, like, uh, you know, as a whole, like, I, 
the three times I've seen this movie, I've enjoyed watching it every time. Like I, I recognize that it's this isn't going to win any awards, but it's it's so much. It's a fun movie. Uh, the things that are silly about it to me make it appealing, and it all it all fits together. If that makes sense, you know, like some of the absurdities, like where he's just screaming at Bruce Lee's grave, "You're all I have." <laughs> and then you know and he takes flowers to the grave the first time he goes and he's just met RJ he's known RJ for five minutes then the next day he's like oh let's go see uh, Bruce Lee's grave and then he throws the keys to his dad's car to RJ <laughs> like would you let a stranger you met one day earlier drive your parents car <laughs> nope <laughs> but he does they're, they're fast friends because of uh, uh, that complete oh, you bringing down the property values that's what <laughs> my dad said I'm like, what the hell nobody talks like these kids but save it for the National Enquirer. It's, it's, it's overwritten. <laughs> really? But uh, that last fight scene is just so impressive, for this movie at least. Uh, of course, yeah. we, I know, I know we've, me and you've seen many martial arts films that this doesn't hold a candle to, but for what it is at the end of this film, that's a great fight scene, I thought. Uh, the acting inside the fight scene notwithstanding, but the exhibition of the martial arts in it, is really impressive, I thought, even today. Uh, and you can, I, I think you can really see how Van Damme, A, improves, but also he, ha- he has that, whatever you want to call it, he has that it factor, or whatever you want to call it, to where... It's definitely a screen presence to him. Yeah. When he, when he rips his tank top, top off and <laughs> takes the gloves off when uh, Jason gets in the ring, and the way he's just, like, shaking his arms around, like, oh, Jesus Christ, he's a killer. Mm-hmm. And he, he's, he's a great villain in this. I mean, he has, like, maybe three lines, but... Just he has that, like you said, he has that presence, and he's a heel. He's a straight up heel, and it works. When his manager guy from the the New York Syndicate or whatever, he's like, "Get in there, kill him, kill him." I was like, "Oh my god, I just love these lines." That was when that when Ian Riley was still in there, and then from the point that he's getting choked out, Van Dam like throws the referee out of the ring or whatever he does to it, kicks him and throws him out of the ring. Then he starts choking him with the turnbuckle to Ian, and then. Scott, the fat guy, is like bites him on the ankle, and he he gets headbutt, and he's there's some bad acting there. He's he's selling the head injury, and then Kelly gets the chair, the little mm-hmm. stool, and goes to smash it over Van Damme, <laughs> and then when he gra- he grabs her, like it's just some of my favorite cinema. <laughs> Jason's like, don't grab my girlfriend, and then he runs into the ring and kicks him back, and it's the first time I think anybody gets a, a decent hit on Van Damme, yeah. and then they have their big fight, and then when it gets to the end, it's like. I every single time I watch this, I almost cry at the end, and I can't explain it. When he, he <laughs> nope. gets tied up in the ropes and he does the he knees Van Dam away, then he does the flip out of the ropes, and I just get teared up every time. And my kids watched like the whole last fight scene with me because I was watching it when they got up in the morning yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are they lifting him up? It was like when um, Jason wins the fight and everyone's throwing him up in the air, and I, I'm like, because he won, <laughs> try not to cry. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's a ridiculous thing to get emotional over. It's not like a matter of life or death or anything. It's just something I, I really like for some reason. So yeah, I mean, you relate yeah. to the character. Like I, I mean, I see that. There's no, there's no judgments here. But uh, as you were talking, it kind of hit. This movie is Mortal Kombat meets Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I think that's my my analogy for this film. Now is that's what this film is, and I love Saved by the Bell and I love Mortal Kombat. So yeah, Mortal Kombat's awesome. And speaking of Mortal Kombat, we'll get more into that next episode with Bloodsport. But uh, it's funny, we talk about you know the fight scene. And, I, and there's some really interesting stuff. Um, 
I'm, uh, you probably heard about this, Ben, but uh, six years after the film's release, two members of the cast appeared as character witnesses in a, in a court case that uh, they brought against Van Damme by uh, Jackson Rock Pickney. Uh, they testified based on their experience working with him in this film uh, that he was dangerous to work with and, quote, possessed inadequate control of his movements for a martial artist, where, uh, as opposed to, let's see, it was uh, the Pickney guy and then Timothy Baker. I think that's the dad, if I remember. Yeah, that's the yeah. dad. Uh, basically testified against Van Damme, but then uh, Ron Ponnell, I'm not sure who that was, uh, I think it might have been a coordinator, uh, claimed that Van Damme did in fact possess adequate, quote, adequate control and could perform a fight scene without complaint. Uh, the first combat scene of the film uh, is with Baker and Van Damme, where Van Damme does that jump, that I think amazing move where he jumps off the down, you know, runs up the dude on his knee and kicks guy. him in his face yeah. or in his chest. Uh, he cited that as an instance Baker did. Because uh, he said that Van Damme repeatedly struck him in the face, knee, and throat instead. And he claimed that the poorly performed kicks were largely due to carelessness on Van Damme's part. And they continued even after the director told Van Damme to be more careful. Uh, so I don't know what to make of that because there's also, in the same like you know trivia on IMDb where they're talking about it, there's also several times where they say that, like for example, John Dam, uh, John Dam, <laughs> mm-hmm. Van Damme actually knocked out Peter Cunningham twice with a spin kick filming their fight scene. And the first time, Van Damme broke character and, like, immediately went to assist, like, you know, because he knew he misjudged or whatever. You know, he's showing concern. And uh, basically, Corey Yen yelled at him, said, like, you don't break character. <laughs> so the next time he kicked him and knocked him out, he didn't. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he maintained character. That spin kick looks awesome. It, do- it I mean, it has to be where he knocked him out, too, because, I mean, it looks, <laughs> he falls like a, I mean, it's, if it's not, the, if he didn't actually get knocked out, that's some damn good acting. It's that like was a big just, Booker T spin kick when they bounce off the rope. It looks like that. Yeah, just so quick and pow. I mean, it's, it's good. Like, And the fight choreography in this last fight is good, too, uh, I'd say, uh, as far as martial Apparently arts Apparently they goes. spent longer filming the fight scenes than the rest of the film. The, uh, it shows. It would definitely show, <laughs> it would, especially some of like the setups earlier in the film. Uh, but uh, let me see where I'm at. Uh, the scene where McKinney is doing the two-finger push-ups it was actually filmed with wires. See, yeah, you can see the wire. Yeah. You kind of see, you kind of see when the sun kind of hits them. So I bet on the Blu-ray they're probably clear as day, but on the uh, copy I on saw, the DVD you can't quite see, but on the YouTube clip you can. Gotcha. Because the one I saw, like I had a, I didn't see it when I watched it the first time, but when I watched it last night, I was looking for it. That's when I kind of caught one of them. They kind of just glint. And you notice when he's doing the push-ups on the table, the table's being moved under into a different location than you see otherwise when he's running around <laughs> in that playground. There, he, I think he's doing those chin-up things off the ba- the basketball hoop. Yeah. You can see you can see that the um, things being moved. It's like, why did they put it over there? It's, oh, because there's a tree in the background, and the tree can sort of mask the the wire. Yeah, that's true. That's funny. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, th- this was interesting. Like when they were filming the scenes with uh, you know, the ghost of Bruce Lee uh, and Kurt McKinney, they were both speaking different languages. And Kim's Taijong Kim was his name. Sorry, uh, his voice was later dubbed in English. But uh, as they were filming all their scenes together, neither neither of them knew what the other person was actually saying. Uh, but they were, they had, uh, basically they, sp- they did their lines from cues behind the camera. So pretty interesting. Uh, it doesn't, he, oh, uh, you can obviously tell he's dubbed, but it, you know, the reactions are on time. His dub is a bit scratchy as well, isn't it? It's like they had the microphone turned too loud when they recorded his vocals. Yeah. It's very I like, he sounds a bit off. <laughs> it's, it's very old school dubbed martial arts film. Just. Almost like, I don't know if they did it intentionally or it's just bad, like you were saying, but it's, it's that very, like, this doesn't, this is this voice was not said by this person here in this moment. 
<laughs> I never knew that as a kid. I just, you know, I just took it as, you know, it's just him talking. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's no like, reason to doubt it as a kid. Well, when I, when I was a kid, and when I'd watch any kind of dub film, I simply thought they that's just, they just move their mouths weird. I never assumed they were a foreign, like they were speaking a different language until you know you grow up and you realize the secrets of cinema. <laughs> you know, so I'm just like they talk weird, like or they move their mouth weird when they talk. But anyway, uh, when Van obviously this was the first film, and Van Damme was dirt poor when he was making this film. Uh, he had a car that pretty much him and Kurt McKinney would have to push to get it to start. So bigger and better things awaited. JCVD. Yeah. And then some hard times to follow as well. Oh, yeah. But then, he, an, then another rise. Definitely. Uh, let's see. On the, oh, this, I thought this was interesting. On the same day McKinney got cast as Jason, he also had his application to the Los Angeles Police Department be accepted. So he turned down the job of being a cop to be in this film. Which uh, Good choice. <laughs> yeah. He'd, well, A, he, was, he got to be in this film, but then also I mean, he, he obviously did have many numerous credits to his name, so he's still working. As a cop, who knows what would happen? Because this was, you know, before the LA riots and all sorts of crazy stuff going on in the LA Police Department, OJ, and all that kind of crazy stuff was on the horizon. So we made a good choice. I agree with that. Uh, we talked about the sequels before, and uh, let's see. They did try to get uh, Van Damme and McKinney back, but uh, once Van Damme heard that it was going to be filmed in Cambodia, in the jungles of Cambodia, he, pers- he said no, and he persuaded McKinney not to do it either because it was too dangerous. For whatever reason, I imagine also it's probably because Van Damme had better things to do. Eighty-seven, well, <laughs> yeah. one year later, but I mean, one year later was Bloodsport, and you know, so I'm sure he had he would much rather do movies where he was the sole star at that point. Uh, split count for this film, Van Damme's first film. It's appropriate. He only has one split. Sure, so yep. it makes one sense. that started it though. But uh, <laughs> no, since uh, I will be doing split counts for each episode, Ben, out of between. Uh, Where's my list? I'm not going to spoil the split count, but just so we can have your guess between, predictions. yeah, predi- yeah, good job. Uh, between the, obviously this one is not the winner because it's only one. So I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's all, you got a 33 percent chance between Bloodsport, Cyborg, and Kickboxer. Which film do you think Van Damme does the most splits? Well, I haven't seen Cyborg, so I'm just going to skip that one. I'm mm. going to say Kickboxer because I feel like that. Would- have more training montages, which might lead to more <laughs> splits than blood sport. So, gotcha, locked in. All right. Well, you have to wait till the last episode of the month to find out, but oh, <laughs> you'll see. Yep. This is that's my slide trick to make sure Ben keeps listening. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> when am I going to stop, Chief? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let me see. Uh, Score wise, you know, uh, I know you have a strong nostalgic tie to this film, but what would you know, based upon that, what would you, you know give this film out of 10, our, our score? Uh, personally, I'll give it 10 out of 10. That's just me. <laughs> uh, and I've got to be biased. I can't, yeah. I can't look at it any other way, and I can't give it a, like a real score. Exactly. Yeah. That's hard to do, just like with a lot of the, especially the early films that we did on this podcast when Daniel hadn't seen them, he'd be like, well, that's like, a, like we joke with Daniel, like, you're going to give it a 6 again, Daniel, because he gave everything a 6, mm-hmm. or like a 6.5 until I think we did Willow, and then finally we had like a 8 or something out of them. But, uh, you know, so it, it, I definitely agree with that. And most people understand that. I mean, you know, if, if it's a movie that you grew up with, that it's such a part of you and that you cry at the end of, that you tear up, that it means that much to you, I mean, you're going to like it no matter what. You know, so that's completely acceptable. But I, on the other hand, don't have that connection, but I would give it a seven. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I've seen it three times now. Uh, again, once back in the day and two very recently. But I didn't mind 
like rewatching it last night just to kind of freshen it up again because it's, it's it, it is an enjoyable movie. It's 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 got a lot of silliness uh, by today's standards. Back then, this wasn't that unusual. <laughs> Aside from the uh, the uh, ice cream eating, you know, uh, pelvic <laughs> thrust thing, that's uh, that's unusual at any time period. But uh, <laughs> you could have done without the ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> but the fight scenes—I mean, it's it's well done where it counts and where it matters. I think, which is why I would give it a seven. I would anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, if you like martial arts films, you know, like Ben said, it's on YouTube. If you want to get the Blu-ray, go for it. Uh, but I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's worth watching, and it's it's awesome to see Van Damme as a bad guy. Period. Bottom line, this is Van Damme month, and it's all about him. And although he's not necessarily a star of this, but you you can see, like we talked about earlier, this is this is the birth. It's the genesis. Of, yeah, fan damage. Uh, but uh, also, uh, let's see. I do have some van- part one. This is part one of the month. Also, it's a part one Van Dam facts. Mm. So, let's see. Uh, his birth name is Jean Claude Camille Francois Van Varenberg, born eighteenth of October on in nineteen sixty. Uh, he actually now this I didn't know as a kid at least here in Louisiana, because we always talk about, oh, Stallone versus Schwarzenegger and, you know, Seagal versus Van Damme was a big thing because they both kind of had their movies come out at the same time. And I remember as a kid, you know, pre-internet and anything else, uh, the big deal was where people would, other kids on the playground would, oh, Seagal's better because of this or Van Damme's better because of this. The thing I always heard as a kid was that Van Damme wasn't really a martial artist, that he just learned his moves for the camera, which is totally false. Both him yeah, and he, was, he did kickboxing are, or karate or something, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he's he's a legitimate badass. Uh, he began martial arts at the age of ten uh, in a Shotokan karate school. Uh, he earned his black belt in karate at eighteen. At the age of sixteen, he took up ballet, which he studied for five years. And according to Van Dam, uh, and I quote, "Ballet is an art, but it's also one of the most difficult sports. If you can survive a ballet workout, you can survive a workout in any other sport." End quote. Uh, he later took up both taekwondo and mai tai. Uh, at the age of 15, he started his competitive karate career in Belgium. From 1976 to 1980, he complete, compiled a record of 44 victories and four defeats in tournament and non-tournament semi-contact matches. So, uh, and then, get this, from 77 to 82, he had a record of 18 and 0, all knockouts, oh, excuse me, 18 and 1, all knockouts uh, in full contact karate, much like, uh, I believe, uh, they uh, at the end of this film is what it uh, boils down to. And he was even named Mr. Belgium in a bodybuilding competition. And he retired from competition in 82, which is when him and his childhood friend Michael Kisi, I'm not sure you pronounce it, but it's Q-I-S-S-I, they moved here to the United States in hopes of becoming action stars. And as we mentioned before, he was cast as extras in the film Breakin'. He had a non-speaking part as a Secret Service agent who carries a polio-crippled President Roosevelt in a TV miniseries, War War and Remembrance. And as we said, he's also a gay karate guy. Mm. Before landing this role, this star make this pretty much star making role, or uh, this is what led to it at least. This is what this is. Did they have anybody else in mind before they got Van Damme? I wonder. Uh, I don't hear anything about it to be honest. Or I, I mean, there's not much trivia on IMDb about it, and I went to Wikipedia as well to just kind of see what is out there, uh, but really couldn't find anything else. So, but I mean, you know, he's a world renowned martial artist. Bottom line, and he's. If you can get him in your movie, I'm sure they probably jumped. Once they found out he was the real deal, I would imagine they like, oh, yes, we want him in this movie. Get him. Get him now. Sign him to this film. Cause, uh, but that's the thing. Like, you know, in case you didn't, anybody that didn't know, Van Damme is the real deal. He is an actor, but he is also 
a very respected and decorated martial artist in a variety of disciplines. So, no, well, I, don't, I don't, don't mean to break your heart, but I've got uh, other podcasting friends that like, in the UK and Wales and that, and they go to the um, the conventions and they've met uh, Scott Atkins a few times, mm-hmm. and he's been in what three or four Van Damme movies. And he's like he Scott Atkins does. He's like he's friends with Van Damme and everything. But he says Van Damme doesn't do a lot of his action scenes anymore. He like it's a stuntman a lot recently. Mm-hmm. He's the last five six years something like that. So that's a bit disappointing to hear that it's not Van Damme doing that stuff. But it is. But I mean, he's old. You know, he's yeah, sixty. Yeah, so age thing there. But I mean, well, I don't hey. think Jackie Chan's probably not yeah. doing all his stuff anymore as well. But they've done enough to to earn it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, their their past record speaks for themselves. Yeah, and Van Damme's in phenomenal, phenomenal shape. I'm trying to get that word. Still, <laughs> he looks great. Yeah, I mean, he does. And I mean, he, he I think, because uh, I like like JCVD on Facebook. So, like, he, I, you know, him or his publicist, whoever's updating it with, you know, pictures of him doing different things. But he just wrapped another film with Lundgren, uh, something Black Water or something like that, something to do with a submarine. He's I have got no some idea. great photos from the 90s holding on to puppies, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's great. I love Van Dam. I'm glad he's. I'm yeah. glad he's had this resurgence, especially you know. And of course, you know. Um, I'm, J- Jesse, have you seen JCVD? I no, I haven't. It's all you need to watch it. It's yeah. it's, it's it's a good movie. Period. Uh, but that was sort of like really what kind of brought him back. I would say recently. And then of course to more of the masses. Expendables. What was it? Two? Was it two or three? three. It was yeah. two. Yeah. Two. Which was great. Van Dam as a villain again. Yes, where he holds the knife up to the lame. Sorry, I, I know he's Australian. I don't like him. I don't like any of the Hemsworths. Puts his. Oh come on! You know, oh, only because Autumn loves Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> no, you might be right, but uh, anyway, puts his knife up to him, and then he just kicks it right in his chest. It's like badass. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's yep. his name? Uh, Jean Villain. Yeah, Wasn't that his character's name. <laughs> it was something like it was very close to his real name, but like instead of villain, Villain. But he was he was he's he's a great villain. He's he's I wish he would have done more of that. Uh but of course we got I it here. Was, as a kid, I was always a Van Damme fan. Like it was Van Damme first, then uh Schwarzenegger was a step down. Then like the I was never a Stallone guy. Not until probably the last decade or something, but I just didn't see the Stallone films as a kid. They just didn't come into the house, household. Maybe dad wasn't renting the videos or my, mm-hmm. my friends didn't have them. I don't know what it was. Well, he had a and big drop like, off too. Steven Seagal, what are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> never, I've never. Those, those Seagal fans need to have a long, hard look at themselves. I agree. I've never, I have never been a Seagal fan. In fact, my fifth grade teacher, Miss Thomas, she was hot too, but uh, notwithstanding. <laughs> but anyway, she loved Steven Seagal. Like, she like, I don't know how it got around that she loved him. Like like she, she was just a huge fan. She'd always like come in the next day. Yeah, I saw the next Seagal movie. If you like action, we should go see it. He's so great. Blah blah blah. I personally same way. I like Under Siege, and that's about it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, executive decision. Oh, that, that in it for like well, fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, that, which that was awesome because of what happens at the time. Yeah. You know, like that was a great like. You know, then all of a sudden, Kurt Russell's the hero. You know, you hear Russell and Seagal's in a movie, like, oh, like you know, Tango and Cash or something. Nope. I don't think I ever knew who Kurt Russell was at the time when I watched that, and I thought, this guy's pretty cool. I like him. (laughs) Rightfully so. (laughs) So you you knew, just like when you see Van Damme here, it's it's just something about him. But uh, yeah, and then of course, you know, Stallone had most of his action movies were in the '80s, of course. But then he did, you know, Stopper, My Mom Will Shoot, and Oscar, and he had like really kind of a non-action slump for a while there. 
You're going to play the clip from Ryan Stone again? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was his biggest misstep in the 80s, I imagine. But, you know, and then, uh, but of course, he's since gone back to, since his comeback uh, with, uh, what was for, it was Rocky? Rocky Balboa? I think that was the first big one where he came back. I think so. And then, of course, you know, the, yeah, Balboa. Yeah. Well, Spy Kids 3, let's not forget that one. Yeah. That's but, what he uh, said. Enough's enough. <laughs> he went back to it. <laughs> that and, must have been a favor for Rodriguez, was it? I would imagine. But you know, I mean, they all, and then uh, Schwarzenegger, same way, like you know, he Junior and uh, some of the other you know uh, comedic, comedic stuff. And, it, and his quality of action films, you know, was up and down, up and down. But Van Damme, honestly, for the most part, especially looking back at his early stuff and some of his later stuff, especially in the '90s, with even Double Teams, a, a fun movie. It's a good action movie. Lionheart, all those. Like he was nowhere to run. Double team because there's two movies that's double something. Isn't oh, it? Uh, double impact is with his twin brother. <laughs> oh yeah, and then, that's the one I like. I don't like the Dennis Rodman one. It's fun. I mean, no, I haven't seen it for a very long time. It's it it's not his best by far, but it's still it's just my point is it was the start it, of the fall, wasn't it? I'd say yeah. It's it's yeah. it was downhill from there, but it's still, you know, he's still a, maybe not at his peak, but he's still. You know, classic Van Damme, as far as I'm concerned, in that one. All I remember about that is he cuts his um, fingerprints off and sticks them on a yeah. one of those little bird <laughs> water bird things, so it can scan him in while he breaks out of a prison. That's all I remember. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's you know so bad it's good and thing in uh, regards to that. But I mean, Van Damme, he, he, I think more so. I mean, has he even done a comedy? I mean, most people, a lot of people say Street Fighter's a comedy. <laughs> But I mean, you know, I mean, he's which pretty we much... talked about on the Asia Mania podcast last July. Oh, that, I mean, that. Wow, that long so, ago. Is that a comedy? People that haven't heard Asia mm-hmm. Mania, you can come listen. There's three episodes with uh, Jesse and Trey on it, so definitely come check, check it out. that out. And not just those episodes, but any episode of Asia Mania. Let's be fair. Yes, of course. Always a good time. Uh, that's funny. Jesse just put up JCVD on IMDb, and it says one of the uh, genres is comedy, comedy, it's crime, and drama. I've always heard it was comedy. funny. No. Oh, it isn't? It's a drama. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't see why it's funny. Oh, well, there you go. It was a voice in Kung Fu Panda, though. That's true. <laughs> but, I mean, that he's still that's still action. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kid action, but it's still action. <laughs> you know, so. But regardless, Van Damme is an icon. And I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves for what he's done. Because he, he does seem, nowadays, especially with Stallone having big budget comeback movies, same thing with Schwarzenegger, uh, of course, Van Damme had an Expendables too, but you know, then they him and Lundgren did the Universal Soldier five or whatever it was, where they come back and straight to DVD, and it wasn't good to begin with. Mm. At least when I watched it on Netflix, I didn't finish it, but it was just weird, mm. <laughs> absolutely weird. But anyway, my friend, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Do you watch the Oscars, Ben? Uh, well, I saw the main event, <laughs> the big talking point. Yeah, but uh, this when week, I first saw it tweeted out what happened, I didn't realize it went on for so long before yeah, it, was, it was corrected. Uh, but anyway, this is the Back to the Future segment. We'll talk about the Oscars and uh, any games and anything. Because I mean, you've been playing a couple of the same games lately. But uh, yeah, the Oscars. Uh, like, uh, like literally, I was watching it on my not watching, but watching uh, IMDb on my phone update. And it's like mm-hmm. waiting, waiting. Eleven o'clock at night here, at least. Like, oh, best picture. Fine, La La Land. Oh, great, whatever. And then like right before I go to bed, I just check it again and like. Or I check Facebook after that and hear like, oh my god, like just people saying, I can't believe this happened, and nobody saying what happened. I don't have cable. Right. I'm like, what? Wait, what? Like, what happened? And like, IMDb's not updating. And then finally, uh, 
I think somebody posted a clip on Facebook of like, no, Moonlight, you won, you won. Like, oh, yeah. well, f- f- thank God. <laughs> you know, the right, the right film won, but I mean, what a crazy, yeah. stupid thing to happen. I was watching behind the scenes at the Academy, and I had the IMDb up on my TV, so both things were happening. And they announced Moonlight, and I immediately logged off the uh, Academy backstage, but I still had the other TV up, and I was just browsing my phone, and my eyes looked up and saw Moonlight, best picture. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I just saw it the other way, so I had to go back and check that. And that's yeah, just that's stupid. Weird. But the best, the better film won by far. Yeah. Except the only the only award that pissed me off was Casey Affleck winning. Mm. Uh, no. <laughs> then we sit here for five minutes, and then I get to go. Bye. Yeah, it got a uh, best uh, screenplay too. Yeah. I mean, it's the story. It's it's a it's not badly written. It's just it's two and a half hours because there's a lot of just. Nothing. Moping around. <laughs> yeah. Out of all the Best Picture nominees, I'll only... Hold on. Did Arrival get nominated for Best Picture? Because that's the only one I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Arrival was phenomenal. And as you pointed I, out to me, Ben, as well... Yes, yeah, so I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did... Jessica backed me up. I told him, like, before we recorded one of us, like, you forgot to mention that Lion's film in Tasmania when you were talking about it. And you told me, too. And then I watched it, uh, and I forgot as well. <laughs> and you called me on that again. I was like, oh, I can't believe it, because we got... We're talking about, yeah, Lion, if you want to see Ben's home country. Very pretty, I might add. Oh, yeah. Autumn was like, we should go there. I'm like, hey, if you want, whenever you want to go, <laughs> I, I know people. I got, <laughs> I got connections. Got connections. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how much of Tasmania is actually in the film because that's really not a cinema visit for me to see Lion, but mm-hmm. I'll watch it when it's a home release. I'll watch it then. Yeah, great film. And uh, it's, uh, the filming location is specifically listed as Hobart and Bruny Island. And, uh, yeah, oh, just and, I went to Bruny Island for the first time just three or four weeks ago. Wow, awesome! And then Hobart, you don't live in Hobart, right? Is that like a, just a, a major city, or uh, uh, it's the capital city of Tasmania? Okay. It's two and a half hours south. My girlfriend lives down there, so I'm going down there on Sunday. Oh, nice! I assumed it was the capital because I heard y'all talk about it a lot. I just didn't want to say that it was and it wasn't. <laughs> so no, I know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, very like Lions, awesome. Like I think I know you've heard us talk about it, but it it. It's like of the ones nominated, it was the only one where I felt good at the end. Like, yeah, I feel good about life right now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel mopey and sad and whatever, you know. So, but it's definitely worth watching, and it's just beautiful movie too. Like, lovely country you'll have there, at least what they show. And like, Dev Patel's out there just floating in the ocean. I'm just like, nope, not me. Not in the waters anywhere near Tasmania <laughs> or Australia. <laughs> I'll stay on the beach. <laughs> he's floating in the ocean. What do you mean? Well, he's like Is that just. In the film? Yeah, he's like he's just on the beach, you know, but he's like oh. swimming out in the ocean, just kind of floating, mm. off yeah. you know, off the shore. But I mean, still, I know what lurks out there, <laughs> so I wouldn't be doing that. It's cold, it's cold down here. We're the bottom of Tasmania. The next point past that's Antarctica. So. Yeah, he was. He that's what's funny thing. That's what I told Autumn. She's like, why? Because he Autumn was like, why is he in a wetsuit? He's wearing a wetsuit. Like, because it's cold down there. I mean, mm. what's what do you think's beyond? I to- told her the same thing. You're like, you realize, bottom of Australia and Tasmania, if you. Go south, you're going to hit Antarctica real quick. <laughs> yeah. You know. But yeah, and then uh, that's pretty much it for the Oscars, as far as I'm concerned. Everything was fine except, well, uh, Casey Affleck won because Denzel should have won, in my opinion. What about Suicide Squad, Oscar winners? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> but I mean, there was only three films nominated yeah, for it, that's, mind you. That's the logic behind it. But the, one of the funniest things to me was like until like Lala, because like, that was like the second or third award of the evening. So I kept seeing the, these like people post like, as of now, Suicide Squad has more Oscars than La La Land. <laughs> as of now, 
or like there's pictures of like other people who are not like actors. Like there's one with Amy Adams where it's like, "Hi, I'm Amy Adams, and Suicide Squad has one more Oscar than I do." <laughs> so well, Hacksaw Ridge had two. Yeah, more than um, what La La Land had one at the time. I don't think I'm even going to bother watching La La Land for a long time. I think it's way too overhyped now, so it's only going to under deliver for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give it some time. Let because that's like we talked and about. I, I didn't like. Pre, I didn't like. Um, Whiplash, anyway. So, oh really? I just want to. I want him to punch oh. J.K. Simmons, whatever he's in the face. Like, don't put up with that. <laughs> it just it made me so mad. I turned it off halfway through. It was, are you a, don't have any are you a musician? No. Oh, okay. Well, there, there's there's something there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, also, uh, I've, you talked about it on your last episode, but I finished Mirror's Edge Catalyst as well, and I was right there with the last like mission oh like autumn was sitting next to me like you need to stop i'm like i just gotta beat this mission throw in the controller just like is that when you're sliding down the big thing and then you land on the building and then you slide off and you're meant to jump onto the hot air balloon thing yeah i was just like i couldn't figure out what i was meant to be doing and you're getting those long was it 10 second load screens and you're dying a lot near the end and i was swearing and carrying on and everything Yeah, but just the game just, I love, I enjoyed the, it took me like maybe seven, eight hours to beat. I enjoyed it all except the end. I was just like, God damn it. Just kept falling and like stuff like that to where you just didn't see where you needed to go or like hit L1 or whatever, but it was enjoyable. Uh, But I did get Horizon Zero Dawn yesterday and I've only, only, granted, I'm only four hours into it. I'm literally just getting to where the world is opening up fully. Like Mm. the. Mine comes in tomorrow. Awesome, but uh, I recommend it. It's awesome. Good. Uh, no, I know Ben. <laughs> I know you didn't like Tomb Raider too much, and it's there is some similarities there, but uh, mainly just in the fact that she has a bow and there's some uh, resource gathering. But it's it's handled really well. Uh, I think it's better than Tomb Raider already, and three hours into it. But uh, I love using a bow. It's good, and it feels right too. Like, and uh, it has an upgrade tree similar to uh, kind of what Tomb Raider had, where you have the three different, almost like Borderlands actually, where you have like you. Know, a stealth tree, a combat tree, and then like a resource think, yeah. tree or something. <laughs> Excuse me. But uh, yeah, it's, it's real good. Uh, you know, I was like, God, I gotta go. I need to go podcast, but I really want to play Horizon Zero. <laughs> Does it actually look like these screenshots? <laughs> uh, no, those that are fuzzy. Out. Those are way too fuzzy for some reason. That's that clear one is, I mean, it, it's crystal it like clear. Yeah. I mean, oh, it looks, wow. it's, it's graphically gorgeous. I mean, it's they, like they're still unlocking features of the PS4. Yeah. You and know? then I heard on the pro it's even better when you see it at 4k. Wow. So, but it's fantastically gorgeous. And of course, Guerrilla Games did it. They did Killzone. I remember when Killzone 1 came out for, was it PS2, I think, or whatever. And at the time, it was like the most graphically amazing game ever hmm. uh, when it hit. But yeah, that's kind of the, that's about it. That's all I'll be playing now until, well, next week when Ghost Recon comes out. And then Mass Effect right on the heels of that, I think. I think that came out the same day, actually. Yeah. That's on the 21st, Mass Effect Andromeda. I don't know if I want to get it. Day of release because you know it'll go on sale soon enough, and it is an EA with the VS season yeah. pass with the B DLC. What's going on with this one? I haven't heard anything I love yet. The previous ones, yeah, those the first three are my probably favorite RPGs ever. I just yeah, I, they had that rumor too when kind of an Andromeda was announced that oh they're going to have the you know there's a rumor of the remasters of one two and three. I'm like hell yes, I will buy them day one. I will start all the way over and go through every one of them again. Yeah, never uh, happened though. No, I mean they, mm-hmm. they did make them all backwards compatible, and I still have them all on so, the Xbox. Yeah, it doesn't only. help any PlayStation owners, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> no, but I'm, you know, hopefully one day we'll get that. Re- I'm sure eventually there will be a, some sort of remaster of it because that's inevitable. 
right now. But yep, that's pretty much it. Uh, any shout out? I know you like to do it on your podcast, Ben. Uh, any shout outs for you? Oh, first, I just want to mention. Uh, so you're going to go see Logan tomorrow? You must oh yeah, be, be excited for that. Very, very. And then uh, I've been seeing uh, like some cinema, like people have posted what they've had, and I think it's Fallout from Deadpool, like pretty much where people brought their kids to see it, thinking it was oh, it's going to be it's R, but it's not going to be a bad R. And then uh, there's all these, I've seen all these things locally or not locally, I should say. People have posted on my Facebook uh, for Logan, like parents. This is a hard R film. This wow. is not yes, for I've children. I'm like, yes, finally, <laughs> kick their ass, you. <laughs> Cut them you know, I think up. that's an MA15 plus in Australia. We'd, awesome. It won't be an R for us. About time. About, <laughs> about time we can see Wolverine cut loose like on something on like for real. Like high hopes. I mean, it's. I, I don't. I'm trying. I'm trying to bring down my excitement for it. Right, because I got you. Have to you, you, you manage expectations exactly. The, the the track record with that series is eh. It was so, enough to like retire two characters. Yeah, this one. Yeah, this must be good. And then I mean, it's it's gotten so much good hype so far, which is a good thing. But deep breath. Yeah, eh. I'm gonna go see it tomorrow night. So I've got to book my ticket soon. I'm going with Dari, one of my hosts on the podcast. She like you can't go to see this movie without me. It's like okay, okay, I won't. But whenever we go to the cinema, I always like to get in the the center section, but on the aisle, mm-hmm. because then like she can sit on one side, and then the other side is the aisle, so I don't have anybody there to deal with. Exactly. And it'll be busy. There'll be tons of people there. Mm-hmm. And she always bitches and moans that she wants to be in the middle. She can't see. It's like you can bloody see. They wouldn't have seats there if you couldn't see. <laughs> exactly. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to book separate seats. She can sit in the middle, <laughs> and I'm going to sit on the aisle. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell her until we get there. She's going to ask you for in the middle and go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they scan the ticket, and then they they'll, the barcode on my phone, and then they're going to say, F7 and F10 or whatever. <laughs> and she's going to look at me and be so pissed off. But it'll be worth it for the story, I think. Yeah, oh, definitely. It'll be, I'll look forward to hearing yeah, who, that one. Who goes to the cinema with one other person and not to sit with them? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, when I went to see John Wick 2, uh, Autumn had something going on with her mom, and the plan was she was going to go hang out with her mom, and then I was going to pick her up and we'd go to the movie. Well, it didn't work out that way, so I had two tickets for John Wick, which was kind of, it was good. It was like, okay, when I, they were only, they were one seat away from the aisle when I booked them. So there was one empty seat between where both of us would be sitting. So I walk in and there's a dude sitting in that seat. So I'm like, okay, good thing I got two tickets. So now I'll be able to sit, skip a seat. So it's not like me and this dude sitting together the whole movie. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, mm-hmm. but uh, every other seat was packed except that, that one that would, would have been for Autumn. So it was either leave that dude sitting by himself or sit by him and, and we live in Louisiana, so we get some weird looks. But uh, that's my only story about movie seating. <laughs> to tie into that. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Hoping, like you said, it's going to be hard managing expectations. But uh, it's funny, too, because my friend who works at the theater, usually when there's like a big comic book movie or a heavily anticipated movie, he'll watch it the night, the morning before, and he'll invite me. He's like, hey, you know, I'm watching Logan at 7.30 in the morning. If you want to come see it, I'm like, nope. Got to see it with Autumn, because Hugh Jackman. <laughs> oh, so, right, right, right. Yeah, but... Really excited for it, and then Kong next week. I'm excited for that uh, as well. And then, uh, isn't the next episode of Top? Is that rain, Jesse? Yeah, this. Holy shit! <laughs> it's like storming over here. But uh, I think you mentioned uh, been uh, on y'all's next episode. Y'all are doing split. Yes, we're doing split, and that's before that. Uh, have you you know the ending? Do you? Yeah. Uh, well, have I, you seen I don't it, Jesse? Spoil it for anybody? No, I haven't. Okay, Jesse hasn't seen it, but uh, I watched it just the other night. <laughs> it was good. 
I had spoiled the ending for me because I'd read the trivia for a different mm. film that I was watching that week, mm-hmm. a different M. Night Shyamalan movie, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Which I'm uh, like, oh, this was spoiled for me. <laughs> and then Dari looks, Dari looks at me at the end of Split and says, like, what was that all about? And it's like, I told you we are meant to be watching this other movie for the podcast. And I was trying to be as subtle as I could the four or five days previous. Just like, have you watched the movie yet? Have you watched the movie yet? And she hadn't. And she's like, oh, well, you should have just told me. Like, oh. so. but, yeah, that, that, in that part, awesome. And then, God, McAvoy was so good in it. Like, I've, I've, me and Autumn both thoroughly enjoyed Split. Like, fantastic. So, but, Jesse, yeah, you need a, to watch it. The movie turns out to be something else that you... It's like, I thought this was going to be about people that was like locked up and trying to escape, but it's really a diff- different movie. It's a, The focus is on something different, but you don't realize until later. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Looking forward to the next one. Wink, wink. But uh, any other shout-outs <laughs> for you, Ben? Anything else? Anything we missed on talking about uh, No Retreat, No Surrender? Uh, no, no, we, uh, we nailed it. Excellent. Coming from such a fan means the world to me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, of course. Here, uh, let us know how we're doing. Let us know your favorite Van Damme movies or what you thought of anything that we talked about at eighties revisited at gmail or eighties revisited at gmail on Twitter at eighties revisited, which I've been trying to keep up with. Uh, oh, yeah, well, you tweeted like <laughs> twice now. Hey, I mean, come out once a week. I gotta wait for good you stuff. Put a hashtag with my name in it. I'm not gonna. I don't get notifications for that. Try. <laughs> He's still learning. I had to search it out after Jesse mentioned it. <laughs> my Twitter foo is not. Uh, where it needs to be yet. I need I need a Matt, I need Sensei Lee to come teach me Twitter foo or whoever's the big I don't know who's big on Twitter. Sensei Bieber. Who the fuck ever? I don't know. Yeah, I guess Bieber. Uh, what's that? Is there any emails for you to read this way? I do have one. Uh, let's see. From a new listener, we've gotten a lot lately. Uh, Jeff. It's spelled uh, like the pasta penne. So I don't know if you pronounce it like that, Jeff, or not. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, just let me know. Like the pasta penne. Yeah, penne pasta. P E N N E. Yeah. Yeah. How's he spelled Jeff? No, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff is spelled normally. <laughs> okay. His last name is spelled like J E O F or J E F F. Okay. I thought you said Jeff spelled like Penne. I was like, what? Jeff A. Yes, my name is Jeff. That's P R E N N E. I didn't know what you were saying. But he says, uh, hey guys, I started listening to the show last summer and really enjoy it. I grew up on a lot of the movies you've discussed, and it's great to hear them get some attention. I've even discovered a few that I missed after listening to your commentary. I just heard the Action Jackson episode and was wondering if you were aware of another movie Carl Weathers did a few years later called Hurricane Smith. Mm, and I'm yeah. not. Uh, I found out an old VHS copy for a couple of bucks years ago, but apparently if it's, avail- it's available on DVD now too. It's very much in the same spirit as Action Jackson and will be great for a future episode. Anyway, keep up the great work on the show, and I'll be listening Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Never heard of it, but I'll add it to the list. Yes, it's going on the list behind Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. I, I, I promise you, I'll tell you this every time we talk on wherever, it's number <laughs> one okay. on the list. You'll get there eventually. In fact, uh, when I watch uh, movies on my flash drive on Xbox One, uh, it automatically plays the next one when one finishes. So, like, we'd wa- we'll watch the latest episode of Walking Dead or something, and then it'll go to the next thing. Well, I went to Hard Ticket to Hawaii while I was in the other room or in the kitchen or something, and I was like, oh, what's this? Like it's Hawaii. I'm like, oh, stop it, stop it! I can't know anything about this yet. I, I, I gotta. This is this is for later. This is not for you, Autumn. This is for me and some other guys to watch. You can't watch this. And immediately There's she wanted to watch it. Lots of lots of boobs in that movie. Excellent. Lots and lots. Bare breasts, mind you. Mm. <laughs> Two of my favorite things. 
No, and it's on YouTube. If you YouTube. watch it on YouTube, somebody's <laughs> put all the timestamps in for all whenever somebody takes their tops off, <laughs> so you can skip straight to the, well, the, the top comment on the YouTube. <laughs> Actually, the 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 file that I have to watch is a rip from YouTube because I couldn't find it anywhere else. Oh wow! I've got it on DVD. <laughs> After I watch it, I'll make that call <laughs> to pull the trigger on DVD. <laughs> but I'm de- uh, but like I said before, like I've told you before, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it just. I gotta, I gotta have that right first viewing for it. Yeah, gotta make it special, just like Deadly Prey. Exactly, but uh, uh, don't forget, of course, as we mentioned, our shout-outs at least. John and James and now versus Nostalgia here, not uh, down the road from us in Lafayette, Louisiana. And if you like the sultry sounds of Ben's voice and his kick-ass accent, the Asia Mania podcast every week, sometimes twice a week. I mean, it's all over the place. Every time There's I look at my phone, sultry about an Australian accent. It, well, again, to us, it is. When I was well, this week's episode is going to have my girlfriend on it for the very first time. So, Ooh. what's the? It's uh, a little bit different format. Is we're, it a- like we're talking about a true event. We're going to be talking about Sada Abe, which is this Japanese woman who murdered her lover and cut his knob off and carried it around with her, and just her history, and then talk briefly about the film that was based on that as well. Oh wow! So, so the Japanese Lorena Bobbitt. Hmm. That's who we have over here. Cut off uh, her husband's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I know. That. I remember the story. And yeah. then uh, he Go got to put back on and went to porn. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that was the next logical step. For yeah, him. of course. You know, you get to reattach and get it working. That's what you do. But yeah, but no, seriously, like you know, over here, anybody with an accent is like, oh, hello, you're intriguing. You have an accent. Uh, when we went to overseas for my brother's wedding, we were in London. Like, mm. uh, yeah, I'd like uh, bangers and mash, please. And I'd be like, oh, oh, where are you from? That's where are you from? That's a great accent you got there. You know, it's like, we're like, we were like celebrities. Like, people were like, oh, yeah, well, that's fantastic. Wow, the South. Very exo- exotic. You need to do your Cajun accent, though. <laughs> I didn't want to insult my own people. <laughs> you know, facilitate a stereotype or anything. But uh, nevertheless, Ben, uh, it's awesome to talk with you again. Uh, of course, you know, this is only the second time we've actually spoken. Uh, but, you know, it's always good to hear your voice and not just on the podcast well, could- and everything. So. Appreciate you taking the time. I could possibly time. be there next year, WrestleMania in New Orleans next year. And oh, snap. It's it's a big if, but or a big maybe, I mean. Yeah, maybe I'll be there. Yeah, speaking of wrestling, because I, I know you keep up with it a lot more than I do, but I saw the Hardys uh, are no longer in TNA. So there's yeah, a lot so of... any, any minute, got to be watching that Raw and SmackDown. Oh, got to be Raw, uh-huh. not SmackDown, I suppose, but... Because uh, who knows? As a matter of fact, because uh, I think that news broke maybe o- over the weekend or somewhere, and I was like, "Oh my god, I, I might, ha- I might have to go find somewhere to watch Raw <laughs> just in case this happens." But I did hear some bad news: is that TNA still owns the you know the character of Broken Matt Hardy. I don't know if that's true or if you heard anything or. Oh, I don't know anything about that, but yeah, I hope not because that's so good. It's hmm. over. <laughs> <laughs> They'll figure it out. They'll do something. Yeah, that, which is exciting because uh, any. I mean, it sucks that they're not on TNA anymore right now, but can't wait to see them, whatever they do next, because they're just killed. That's, they, they, every time I was watching, you know, total nonstop deletion or anything, it just brought me back to the good old days of wrestling and everything. <laughs> so they're keeping that kind of spirit alive and everything. So, but regardless, my friend, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. You know, hopefully this is the first of many guest appearances. Because uh, like I yes, said before. Yes, it's gone well. The, the um, Skype call did, Drop like four times for like a split second, so I'm not sure if that's going to put me out of sync on your file, Jesse. So just uh, no, nope. check through that. Otherwise, I mean, it's a audio capture, so we're all right. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> oh, okay, I, I got like two phone calls, and every time they did, I think that's when it happened for some reason. 
Oh, uh, okay. Because I looked at my phone, I was like, why are they calling me again? <laughs> if they call me, and I was actually thinking mentally, like, okay, if they call me one more time in the next minute, that means it's an emergency. <laughs> so we won't have to end the episode. But thankfully they didn't. Everything's fine. At least as far as I know, I do have like two voicemails. Mm. But anyway, Ben, again, thanks again. Appreciate your time, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. All right. And until next time, everybody, next week, we'll talk about blood sport and everything that that entails. So, you know what, Ben, if you ain't doing nothing next week, maybe we can look at that because, uh, you know, there's a big Mortal Kombat tie-in with Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. I know you're a Mortal Kombat I've, fan. I've just been watching some Paul W.S. Anderson movies. I've just watched the first four that. Resident Evil films over the last four days. <laughs> oh, you poor man. <laughs> yes. Oh, we'll see what happens. Yep, we'll see. All right, my friend. Talk to you later. And then everybody else, we'll see you next week right here on 80s Revisited. Until then, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! On Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.